Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this time that we can learn your word. Father, we believe that you are the one who will quicken us, who will teach us and give us revelation and understanding. O oh Lord, we believe that your word is powerful and it can change our life, Lord. As we receive your word, we will be strengthened. We will have more faith. We will have more victory in life, Father. We thank you so much, Lord. And may your Holy Spirit be our teacher this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Yeshu Hamakshik. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. This morning and this afternoon, I don't think I can finish the whole lesson this morning. I would like to talk about the reasons why many Christians suffer. The reason that why so many Christians get into trouble. And if we know the reasons, we can prevent ourselves from getting into problems in life or getting into defeat and suffering in life. So I think this lesson is very important to live a victorious life and protecting ourselves. I'm excited that in the camp this year in Seattle, we're going to learn about divine protection. We need the protection in this world. But today we're going to learn just about the reasons why many Christians suffer. The first reason, this is a teaching, not a preaching. I'm going to read a lot of scriptures and try to explain to you. The first reason is in the book of Hosea. Chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. This scripture Seem very serious to me. <laughs> Three things that I learned from this scripture. Number one, God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. This is a big problem in the body of Christ. That many Christians don't know the word of God. They have no idea what God say. Or they learn only basic, only just Foundation, but they never learn anything deeper than that. And because they lack knowledge, they make mistake. They make wrong decision. They move in the wrong direction, and eventually they get into trouble. So that's why we need to really take time to read the Bible. We need to take time to pray and ask God to teach us from the Bible, and we should listen to the good anointed teaching in New Hope International Church. We take serious about teaching the Word of God. We don't want to just 
give you only the milk and the hors d'oeuvre. We want to give you filet mignon. We want to give you steak and good food. Because I realize that when God's people don't know the word, they can get into trouble. So we produce a lot of teaching. I and Pastor Da and the recording team work so hard to produce teaching into the internet so that people can get into listen to it. In fact, in the past one month, the elders of New Hope International Church come up with the idea that we should use online for education. When we started the church many years ago, we asked the chief or the members to come and sit down with the shepherd or the mentor and study the Bible together. It may take a year or two to finish the whole book, but I find out that we have difficulties in finding more mentors. Two, the traffic is not easy to travel. People busy. So more and more now the Bible school use online learning and teaching. So we come up with the idea that we produce teaching and put into the internet so that people can come and watch and answer questions. So in this way, people can self-educate. We are setting up the system in New Hope that the pastor and mentor will have the list of the lesson and give it to the newcomers and new members, new believers, and they have to listen one at a time and have a checklist. They listen and have the answer. So they can self-educate. They can learn the word. And the more they know the word, the less mistake they will make. I have been a pastor for many years, and I learned something in my pastoral ministry. In my observation, God's people get into trouble because they don't know the word of God. I agree with the scripture. And sometimes people reject the knowledge of God. And what happened? God reject them because of pride. You know, a lot of time people reject the knowledge of God because of pride. I know better. I don't need this Bible. I don't need, I know what to do. I'm so smart. I can Google everything. I can Google about repairing car, Google about how to use um, this and that. I don't need the Bible. I can research myself. So when they reject the word, God reject them. And what happened? God also forget about their children. This is a warning word. And then the children get into trouble. So the key is that we really love the word. We study the word. We treasure the word of God. We earnestly take the word in. And we practice the word. I have a conversation with Pastor Da lately and some of our brother and sister in the church. And God spoke to me a few weeks ago that don't forget the basic. Don't forget the basic. The basic is what? Spending time in prayer. Spending time with the word. Going to church every Sunday. Going to fellowship. Serving one another. Serving God. And love the church. And love Jesus. And sometimes Christians forget about this all basic and they, their life get into trouble. So yesterday, when we were on the airplane and Pastor Da read a book about 
breaking bondage. And the writer say the same thing. Before you go out and cast out demons and try to set the captive free, you don't forget the basic. Still go to church, still read the Bible, pray, worship God, serve people in the church, submit to leadership. You need to stay with the basic. And if you don't reject the knowledge, which is the basic as well, sometimes people become Christian for 30 years and they say, oh, I don't need to go to church anymore. I have gone to church for 30 years. I can stop now. I don't need to read the Bible anymore. I know the Bible. I went to Bible school. That is a big mistake. No one knows everything in the Bible. No one has arrived to claim that I know everything. I even still study the Bible every day. Still learning things from God every day. So there's so many things we need to learn. How to be led by the Spirit. How to receive divine protection. How to depend on the grace of God. How to make decisions in life. We need to know the word. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, in the King James Version, the Bible says, Study, study what? Study the word. To show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. That is from King James. From New Living Translation, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Work hard in studying the Bible and taking serious about the knowledge of God. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explain the word of truth. Today, we have no excuses of not knowing the word of God at all. When I first became a believer, I need to go out to buy the paper Bible. And I have to go to church to get the tape. I remember when I was a new believer first year, I went to the tape table. Can I see the list? Oh, you have this much tape? I remember first year, I say I want them all. I'm serious. I want all the tapes in your church. The tape table person said, what? You want the whole thing? I say, yes. How much? I don't remember now how much. And they put in the big box and I took it home and I listened to every teaching. Some of the tapes still in my garage today. That was 30 years ago. It's still in my garage. I don't even throw away. I keep them. And I went to some seminar. I say, I want the whole table. I want to study. I want to learn. I take serious. But today you don't have to buy. Free. You can put your smartphone up in the car, turn on the YouTube or podcast, and you can listen all the time. You can even listen to the Bible reading from your smartphone. There is no excuse anymore in this generation. You don't even have to pay. Free. So we need to pursue the knowledge of God. Amen. But definitely we have to be careful because there are f- a kind of false teacher out there. And when you listen to teaching, you have to be careful because some teachings are half truth. So for me as a Bible teacher, I can differentiate. Some teacher very good in inspiring you, but they don't tell the whole truth. They just tell you half truth. And if you don't learn the whole truth, you may miss something anyway. Is that clear? 
So, for example, sometimes the teacher say, "God bless you anyway. No matter what you do, God gonna bless you. You're gonna you're gonna reach your destiny. All oh, the grace of God is for you. Don't worry. You're gonna reach to your destiny. No matter what you do. But the miss the other half. You need to repent. You need to obey God. You need to go to church. They miss all these things. They say, no matter what you how you live, it doesn't matter. God gonna bless you. So. Sometimes you have to be careful listening to, and then if it doesn't work out, you blame God. God, you said to this preacher, everything gonna work out for me, but it doesn't work out. What what happened? Because you don't hear the whole truth. That's why the Bible say that you need to rightly dividing or correctly explain the word of truth. You need to make sure you don't miss certain truth. And receive only half truth, amen. So everyone say lack of knowledge. How many people promise God that from today on you take serious about reading the Bible? How many people say taking serious about learning the truth? How many people say I'm gonna practice the truth? And I'm that kind of person. I want to know the truth, and when. I practice the truth. I know that I will always have victory. I will not get into big trouble. Anything in life. I give you example. Sometimes people came to me and say, "You know, I just lost a lot of money. Uh, I lost five hundred thousand dollars. It's down in the drain. That's all my saving. Now I'm in trouble." And after I interview for a while, I find out that, oh, they want to be rich quickly. The Bible say, "Quick rich leads to destruction." Or two, they never listen to the sermon called "Being Led by the Holy Spirit." So they are led by their flesh. Wow, this investment, good. So I write a check right away, five hundred thousand dollars. Hand it to a man and not even look at the company that they are real or not, gone, because they come to cheat you. The devil sent that person to steal your money, and it's gone after you save for ten years. You, that's why don't try to be in a quick rich scheme. Two, listen to the Holy Spirit. Three, get this all in the Bible. Get godly advice, godly counsel. Before you make any further decision, go to talk to godly leaders, because they can pray, they can discern for you. They are more experienced than you. So you see, people get into trouble because of lack of knowledge about not getting involved in quick rich scheme. Two, listen to the Holy Spirit. Three, get godly counsel. All in the Bible. Amen. So you need to know the Word of God. The second reason people get into trouble in Matthew chapter seven, twenty-four to twenty-seven. I will read from NLT, New Living Translation. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood. Waters rise and the winds beat against that house. It won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. 
But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. The second reason people got into trouble: they have the knowledge, they study the Bible. But they don't practice what they learn. They don't put the word of God into practice. They stubborn. I want to encourage you. You know the word, and you put the word of God into practice right away. The word of God becomes your lifestyle. Everything you do, you follow the word. Everything you learn new on Sunday, okay, from today on. That's gonna be my lifestyle. I gonna practice what I learn. If you just learn and put on the shelf, and you just still do the same thing, you are like a house built on the sand. So when the storm comes, you can fall. This is important. Put the word of God into practice. Amen. Put the word of God into practice. In James chapter one verse twenty-two, but. Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Put the word of God into practice. Many years ago, I learned from Jesus. He said, "What belongs to Caesar's, give to Caesar. What belongs to God, give to God." I learned this when I was a new believer. Since that day on, I decide I will pay every single penny of my tax. What belong to the Uncle Sam, I give to Uncle Sam, and I will not get into trouble. I have seen people who try to sneak, do all kind of tricks, illegal tricks, to save their tax. But later on, the Uncle Sam is not dumb. They will come after you. About five years ago, the Uncle Sam want to investigate my tax pay. They get all of my information, all of my paper. In six months, they wrote me back. You are clear. We don't have to penalize you because you are honest with your tax pay. You see, we need to follow what the Bible say. The Bible say, "Pay to Uncle Sam." We pay to Uncle Sam. Don't cheat taxes. Amen. The Bible say, "Love your wife." What do you do? Show love to your wife. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> okay. So you you practice what you learn, whatever you learn. Amen. We need to. God say, "I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it." So when I heard that from the Bible, okay, from today on, I will dedicate my life to my local church. I will pull up my sleeve, and I will get involved in building God's church. And He say, "I love my church. I die for my church." So I always talk to my children. 
honey, all three kids that I have, I and mommy love the church. We're going to live our life for the church. The church is very important to us. More important than golf games, snow, skis, or snowboarding. The church is top priority in our life. I and Pastor d a taught our children since they were young that the church institution is important to us, and we never complain about church. We always love the church. All of my three children grow up, and they never leave church, even though the university taught them about evolution. Actually, I find out that university in my town is very liberal, and most students who used to go to church. When they go to university in Seattle, after that they backslide, because the professor in university are very anti-Christ. So they brainwash our children. So it's so important that I train them since they are young that God is real, church is good, God is good. When the professor told them in the university that God is not real, they say it's too late. I see God miracle in my church. God is real to me because I obey the teaching of Jesus. I save my children. I notice that a lot of parents who goof around, miss church a lot, don't care about the church. When their kids turn to adult age, eighteen, nineteen, they're all gone because they watch your life. That hey, you don't even care about God. Why I have to care? So it's so important that we see that God Church is important. Amen. This is an example that everything we learn in the Bible. When I taught the lesson about being led by the Spirit two years ago, oh, I tell you, since that day, I always listen to the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit want me to say, want me to do, I make much less mistake because I listen. To the Spirit of God, Amen. So we need to practice what we learn. Number one, lack knowledge. Number two, you have the knowledge, but you don't do it. You just follow your own way. So we need to follow. We need to practice what you learn from the Bible. Second Kings chapter five verses nine to fourteen. The third reason Christians suffered. Second Kings five. Nine to fourteen. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a message out to him with this message: Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored, and you will be healed of your leprosy. Naaman was a very influential man. From another country, he came to the prophet of God, Elisha. He was afflicted by leprosy. You need to understand, leprosy, even though nowadays is curable, but it would leave scar and deficit, permanent deficit on your body. Once it's attacked you, but in that generation, there's no medication, no cure. You're going to keep getting worse. Leprosy, the bacteria attack your nervous system. 
So it causes damage to the nervous system, and eventually you begin to lose your finger, your limbs, your your the skin will be bad because the the nerve destroyed by the bacteria. So your your skin start to get worse. So it's very deadly, cripple disease, very bad. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I. Thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. <laughs> I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy, and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. On the river of Damascus, the Abana and the Papha, better than any of the rivers of Israel. Why shouldn't I watch in them and be healed? So Naaman. Turned and went away in a rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, "Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him." When he says simply, "Go and watch and be cured," so Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself. Seven times, as the man of God had instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. Wow! And he was healed. Naaman was a Syrian. He was a man of influence. He came with officers. He was rich, and if you notice. He was prideful. He said, "The river in my country, Damascus, much better than the river in Israel." He said, "Why I have to do this? He need to come to me, come in front of me, and wave his hand on me. I'm a guy of influence. Why he's still in the house and send the message through his servant to talk to me? He need to come and greet me. Who is this guy, Elisha?" He was so prideful, and he opposed the truth of God. The Spirit of God spoke to Elisha. I'm going to heal him if he dumped himself in the Jordan River seven times. That is the way of God. But Naaman say, "No, no, no, that's not my way. My way is, Elisha, come out." And wave his hand on me. Many times, Christians get into trouble because we think that we are smarter than God, and God's way are not man's way. God's way may be even unreasonable and look like you step in the unknown. I have to step into the Jordan River. How can it be? I don't believe that. Lack of faith, rebellion, and pride, and think that I am better than God. My way is better than God's way. God's way is unreasonable. I'm not going to do it. It's the way to suffering and destruction. You need to follow God's way, even though it seems unreasonable. 
even though it doesn't fit with your logic. But you need to do it. If God say that through the Holy Spirit, or God say that through the Word, you obey God. Amen. Amen. When I started the church, I remember, I say, God, I think you picked the wrong person. I could not even speak English well. I'm a neurosurgeon. I am on call 29 days a month. I have only one Sunday off a month. How can I run the church? I'm not a pastor. I never went to Bible school. I think you make a wrong choice. But God's way is not my way. He said, I picked you. Are you going to argue with me? Eventually, I surrender. And I thank God now, looking back 30 years. How many years now? 30, 20, 31 years. I look back. His choice is better than my choice. That I obey him to start the church. And when we started the church, we were in the basement, a few people, and nothing looked very impossible, looked very insignificant, but we just follow God step by step by step as years go by. We just follow God. I remember when I start to move in the file of God, lay hand on people, the same thing come to me. This is weird. Lay hand. People fall down. People are going to leave my church. I scare people away. The right way should be a lot of light. And people come up with a gene and play music and make people happy and entertain people and make people happy in the church with the lights and with a lot of entertainment with the coffee stand and all this, lay hand, scare people away. God! The river in Damascus better than the river in Israel. My way is better than your way. Human way is better. And God said, you have to follow my way. You need to lay hand. You need to cast out demons in front of public. You are not ashamed of my name. And I did. And thank God. In fact, uh, lately, I am writing a lesson called The Pilgrims Who Lay Down Foundation. I have not finished the writing yet. Who Lay Down Foundation for the Many Generations. You know, if you study about pilgrims in America, you know, the pilgrims came from England. They stopped in Holland. And then eventually they moved to America. And when we study about pilgrims, you find out that these pilgrims in America that moved to America, the first generation, laid down a lot of good foundations for Christianity in America today. We are the product of what the pilgrims did in 16th century, 17th century, 1632. The first Thanksgiving Day for America was announced by the government by the governor at that time, I believe in 1632, 17th century. And when you study about pilgrims, you find out a lot of things that happened that we are reaping right now, what they did. And then 
happen next generation, next generation build up on that foundation. And after I study about how they laid out foundation for the Christianity in America, America has been blessed for many years because of the foundation of Christians, and we are reaping it right now. Thank God. And now God said to me, "You know, you start the church in 1988 in the basement, but now I send you to Thailand to build another story, to build more foundation for Christians in Thailand." And this is a major thing to do. The Christianity is like a house, a building, and Jesus is the foundation. He used apostle prophet to lay down foundation, and then each group come in in each century build one story, second story, third story, fourth story. Most of the Christian movement try to put the roof on to stop. And Jesus came in with the move of God, with the wind of the Spirit, remove that roof. And the next group come in to build another story. Amen. And when people come in with another story, the original group below here got mad. Why you remove my roof? Because I think I already finished. So you build another story, and that old generation got mad at you and want to get rid of you. Is that happen? You understand what I'm talking about? When the speaking in tongue come into the world, the people who don't speak in tongue get mad. And say you remove my roof, and you put another story about speaking in tongue. You will not move on with God and get blessing without submitting yourself to what God say, even though it seem unreasonable and impossible. Amen. You need to obey God, and God will lead you out of suffering. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't be stubborn. Don't be prideful. God's way is higher than your way. He tells you to do something that may be against your flesh, and against the culture, and against what other people are doing. Like what happened that Elijah said, "Dump yourself, push yourself in the river of Jordan," but it's like unreasonable. But Naaman obeyed. Eventually, he listened to his officer, and he got healed. Amen. Sometime. God may send somebody to warn you something. Hey, stop doing that! I think you are so stubborn. You're going the wrong direction. If you repent and you say, "Yes, God, you are right. I'm wrong," and change and turn around, you will get out of suffering. So, number one, lack of knowledge, reason for suffering. Two, you have the knowledge, but you don't practice the knowledge. You still run your own life. Three, the reason. Is we are stubborn and oppose the truth of God. We don't follow what God say or the Holy Spirit say. Are you okay? Yes. The fourth reason of suffering. Look at Galatians chapter six verses seven to eight. Galatians chapter six verses seven to eight. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You know that God is love, but God is just as well. God is love, but God is fair. He is very just. You will always harvest what you plant, or you reap what you sow. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death, and from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit 
will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. The fourth reason of suffering is living in sin. When you follow your flesh, you follow your sinful nature, you sow sinful things, sinful attitude and action. Eventually, by the justice of God, you reap decay or destruction. Sometimes you can hear some preacher say this way, don't worry about it. You can live in sin. Because Jesus already covered your sin. He made atonement for you. He died for your sin. That is half gospel. That's half gospel. Jesus said in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Believe in the gospel and repent of your sin. Then you shall enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of success, victory, strength, prosperity, life, superabundant life and heaven. You cannot enter the kingdom of God just by believing in what Jesus did for you at the cross. You have to repent. Half gospel, half message. Just believe in what Jesus did, but never repent. It's so important. Even though you love Jesus so much, even though you believe in what Jesus did for you, but if you say, I'm going to live in sin, eventually you're going to pay the price. No, you don't go to hell because God forgives you. But you still reap what you do on earth. You get into trouble. Your kids will get into trouble. The Bible talks about the sin of the parents will go down to the third and fourth generations. We need to stop it. How we stop the suffering? Repent. Don't follow the flesh. Have you examined your life every day? Have you examined your heart? What you are doing come from the right heart or not? What are you doing? How you spend money? How you relate to people? Is it in sin? Or you are doing right thing? Are you following the Holy Spirit? Are you walking in the fruit of the Spirit? Are you walking in the fruit of the flesh? Stop the flesh. Don't follow the flesh. Don't follow Amen? Don't do anything that come out from the sinful nature at all. Greedy, cheating, wrong attitude, loving money, seeking for precision, fame, honor. If you notice one thing, I and Pastor Dan never call church member my chief. We never call anybody our chief because they're not my chief. They are God cheap. I'm just a servant of God to help them to go to God. It's dangerous to be prideful and say, look at this, my people. <laughs> that is sin. That is your pride. You claim that God's people are yours. No, they are not mine. They are God's people. I'm just one of them. I just help them with my gift. You used to give to help me. I use my gift to help you. We are just in the same family. 
We all belong to God, not belong to any human being. Amen. So you have to really watch your heart. What you're doing. Amen. Every time you do something, you ask yourself, "Why I'm doing this? What is the motive behind? Why I'm greeting Pastor Lau?" You ask yourself, "Why I walk there to greet him?" The right answer should be because I love him. I want to encourage him, not that so that he will give me position, so that he will see me important. That is wrong attitude. Don't sow all those kind of wrong attitude in your life. You just You know, do everything with a pure heart, clean hand, with the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. If you sow in the flesh, rebellion, carnality, self-will, you will reap corruption. Isaiah chapter one verses nineteen to twenty say. Isaiah one nineteen to twenty. If you are willing and obedient. You shall eat the good of the land, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. What is the right way of Christian life? You know the word. You know what is right, what is wrong, and then what? You are willing. To obey, and obey it. And what is the outcome if you're willing to follow God, obey God, do the right thing before the Lord? What is the outcome? You shall eat the good of the land. God will give you a lot of good things. You eat good food. I eat good food at my house all the time. Das restaurant. <laughs> Hallelujah! God bring in a lot of good restaurant owner in, into the church. Oh, we eat good food every Sunday. Every Sunday, good food. <laughs> And now morning service, a very good Thai cook apply the position to cook Thai food for the morning service. Wow, he is really professional cook. Now we're g o i n g to eat good food for the morning service as well. We have many cooks take turn to cook for the church. Amen? Amen. We eat the good of the land. Everywhere we go, the grace of God will be there for us. He will provide for us. He will take care of us. Everything. Good things ha- will happen. He will bring good people to help us. He will show the right way to do the right thing if we are willing and obedient, and don't walk in sinful nature. You know, when you sin, sometimes you don't see the bad result right away. You think, "Wow, I can get by." Hey, hallelujah! I can keep cheating. I can keep doing this, and nothing happened. Yeah, God is long suffering. But if you don't stop one of these days, you're gonna reap the problem. I have seen that in my life. It may take 25 years until the spanking come, until something bad happened. It may take 30 years, but I tell you, when you reap the work of the flesh, the corruption, destruction, and death, it's very painful, and it may be too late. It will cause domino effect to you. I and Pasada are people who fear the Lord. We hate sin. 
We don't want corruption in our life. We want to pass the blessing to our children and grandchildren. Period. We don't want to deal with any bad stuff in our life because it's going to cause damage to us in the short term and long term. We repent easily. We say, God, if it's wrong, we stop it. We don't want to continue in stubbornness and rebellion. We want to stop doing wrong things right away. We watch our heart every day. What are we doing here? Why we do this? We watch our heart every day. Examine ourselves on a regular basis. We don't want to get into trouble. Amen? So number one, reasons Christians suffer, what is that? Lack of knowledge. Two, don't practice what they learn. Three, pride and stubbornness and refuse to obey God. Sometimes the word of God come through the spirit of God. And like what happened to Elijah and Naaman, and God tell us to do something and we stubbornly say no, we get into trouble. We need to say yes to the Lord. Amen? Amen. You know that there are two kinds of word of God. One is, I talk about this many times, one called Rema, another one called Logos. Logos in Greek language means the word that come from the Bible, fixed word in the Bible that you can interpret and you can analyze and get revelation what it means from the Holy Spirit. And another one called Rema. Rema is the word that come from God that come directly to you by the Spirit of God. Like when I start to produce the 30 minutes teaching on foundation of the church. We start to record now in our studio. 30 minutes each. That is rema to us. Because the Bible never says you have to produce that. But the Lord tells us you need to produce 30 minutes teaching and put in a YouTube in a series called Building Firm Foundation. For God's people can listen 30 minutes each to learn something from God. So that is the rema to me. Ambassador. Amen. Or God say to us, we need to go to Germany and help them. That is Rema to us. That we fly to Germany twice a year to help people in Germany. Now more German people, German men start to come in. I'm so happy. At the beginning, all Thai women. Now more German men, the husband and the kids start to come in. It takes time, but we just keep Sowing the seed there. We obey the Lord. And what we read a while ago, don't live in sin. Repent as soon as possible. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us. Lord, we will continue to learn from you, Lord. We want the light from heaven to shine upon our heart, that we will understand the truth of God, and we will be doers of your word, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your teaching, for your word. Help us to... Practice what we learn, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. 
Thank you.